Are you planning for retirement, buying a home, sending your kids to college, or looking for ways to protect your estate assets? The Simply Advised podcast connects you to trusted professionals, subject matter experts who communicate critical information in a meaningful and memorable way to guide you to make smart choices. Listen in as our experts help you handle whatever life throws your way. Hello and welcome to another Simply Advised podcast. The goal of this podcast is very simple, to provide you with executable, actionable, and amazing education when it comes to financial services. And today, of course, is no different. We're going to talk to Carrie Cowan. Now, he is not just a certified financial professional, a CFP, but he is also an author. And today, we're going to really dive into his book, which is called Lifetime Financial Strategies, A 21st Century Financial Planning Process. Carrie, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. Now, where did the idea of this book come from? Now, you've been in this industry, uh, and these are your your numbers here, 51 years. Yes. And so is this a culmination of that? Let's talk about where the book came from. I was in a uh, coaching program after about uh, 15 years in the business. I thought I needed a little bit of a push, so I got into this program. They promoted for us to write a book about what we do or something that might be applicable to you know, our practice and so on. What I did, I labored over this a long time. And I thought, well, I don't do anything different than anybody else. And the whole purpose of this was to try to illustrate how you might stand above and beyond the masses. And, and I have to tell you, I was an, an investment advisor. I was an insurance agent and an accounting practice, and I'm saying, I don't think I'm doing anything different. And, and yet, I started the accounting practice from nothing, and, and even though I'm not a, an accountant, in 1980, and as a as a as um, an offshoot of the CFP program, saying that you need to people's taxes, etc. So, and this got out of hand, because I, 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 I'm not an accountant, but it grew, and, and it grew, <laughs> and I thought, well, maybe that's making me a little different. And I said, no, that's not different because there's hundreds of tax people doing financial services of some kind. With that laboring and concentration of thought, I guess it was about 1998 and 99, I finally decided we do things somewhat different than other people, I think. The first thing that I do is I listen a lot more than I talk. My wife says I may be the best listener she's ever known. And I said, well, you're a little bit prejudiced and you do listen to your wife. But, but nonetheless, uh, I do listen. And I I look at people's body movements. I, I mean, there's just so much going on in an interview. A lot of times people get afraid to discuss their finances because it actually is opening up their whole life because uh, it leads to other things. Mm-hmm. I thought about all this and I thought, well, here's what I do. And we started to put it down on paper. When I say we, my assistant and I were, worked on this uh, diligently about what we did. And we uh, decided then that here's what we do. And these are the steps in which we do things. And we just, we developed this, uh, the Lifetime Financial Strategies process program, got it trademarked and registered, and we've been telling people and working with people on this. But here's the other thing, Matt. What I wanted out of this book was not to tell somebody how to invest. 
there's a thousand and one books to tell you how to invest and it's everybody's opinion of one way or the other about you either like it or you don't like it. What I wanted to do was to have something in writing that I could give a prospective new client or my existing clients and, and let them know who I am, how we do things, what our beliefs are, what our philosophies are, so that they can feel either comfortable or uncomfortable and make a decision. Because I I think it's supremely important that a new prospect or somebody wanting to financial services, they interview the person to find somebody that they feel they can have a long-term relationship with. Moreover, while they're interviewing me, I have the right to interview them because it goes both ways. And and if you don't do that and come to that realization, uh, somebody's going to get hurt in the end, and it's either going to be the client, the rep, or both. So I wanted my people, my clients to know know me, how I feel about a lot of things that's in the book and, and the process. So then the other thing, too, is that one day, I don't know when that's going to be, but one day I'm not going to be here. And I want my clients to know that there's people here in my succession plan that are operating and, and working in this system, and they can expect this long into the future. Now, you talk about that in the book, and, and uh, what a great segue to this idea that this book, your philosophy, what you've learned over 51 years, focuses on not just these six steps, but how they affect you now, but also you had said before, from the wound to, womb to the tomb, but also even beyond that. Would you mind explaining that a little bit? How can this book, these strategies help after you're gone? I believe that my practice, and I think anybody in this business over time that's successful in dealing with their clients has the same issues. My practice is specifically, I believe that we are not just financial advisors but we're life planners. And life planners is that we tell people that it doesn't really matter what's going on in your life. It's going to have some effect on the strategies or the financial well-being of you. And then beyond that, what's going to happen to all, the, all your assets? What's going to happen to your beliefs? What's going to happen? Are they just going to be, be oh, so-and-so was here today and gone tomorrow and they're, and they're, they're forgotten. And I just don't think that's the right thing. So what I'm meaning in that is we strive heavily to have family meetings and talk about the reality of life. And that is that one day we're going to die. And one day we're going to have to distribute what you've accumulated over your lifetime. Some people may may want to throw it out because it's, it's meaningful junk. Other people, it's meaningful. And I have to tell you, I, I talk to people almost weekly with some kind of, in fact, I've got one that's coming up today about a family meeting. It's it's like the cobbler whose children went without shoes. The hardest one of these interviews I've had was one recently with my own children. The realization of what I was doing and have been doing to light to, the, to even be more important than what it was just a week ago. So it's a matter of Getting, the, getting all your children on board. There's someone, there's going to be a renegade. If there's two, there may be one way or the other more fiscally responsible or whatever. If there's four or five, 
you can bet that some in-law may be influencing that child, and you don't know. So it's better, in my opinion, to have all this upfront so that these heirs will not have irreparable damages over a dollar bill. That's 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 where I went with that. And you talked right out of the gate about about listening and how that's so vitally important to this whole process that you take your your clients through in the book it talks right at the the first chapter about the relationship yeah how do you do that man i mean this is a first off of a very you said it they're opening up the keys to the kingdom, right? Yes. When, when you have the the financial component and they're honest with you about that, it's almost like a floodgate. In 51 years, how do you build and maintain that relationship over time? Because, I mean, you have a halfway decent amount of clients and you help a lot of people. Help me with that, please. Well, we, we try to stay in touch with everybody in some capacity. I'm not as computer literate as I would like to be, so it's... Uh, but I do have a great staff, and we do some social media. We're getting into more as time goes on. But the as far as maintaining the relationship is that we call them, we meet with them. In my process, I tell people that the optimum is that we meet four times a year. However, the reality is that people, if they, if they trust you and, and, and the investments are working satisfactorily from quarter to quarter. They really don't want to take the time out to talk about it. And I said, but it's your assets. And it's your money. We're not the guardian. We're just the strategizer and helping you to get this done. But ideally, four times a year, most of the time, it's, it's, it's much less than that, maybe once a year. And sometimes you do it by phone. I mean, you know, if Quite frankly, if a person's investment profile doesn't change, their objectives don't change, just calling them and being sure and ask them a few questions you know is there anything we need to do how can i help any further it really takes care of that if there are some changes there are a million and one changes that can affect someone's life okay it's not just a baby a birth you know or or a death or a change of a job all of a sudden we have this thing called covid that was just it's the funny thing about that covid last year last year may have been the best year we've ever had in all my 51 years because people, number one, they started taking stock of what they had. They started, they realized that with the interest rates that they used to get from the banks, they're not getting, and we need to do something about that. Oh, my goodness, I was furloughed, uh, and, and I'm 65 years old. I don't think I'll go back, so we have this 401k we need to move. I mean, there's a lot of things that happened. All those things that happened were, were not necessarily bad for the client, but but it made them set up and say, hey, you know, I need to talk to somebody. So we had a pretty good year. I think it's how you operate in your life. I think that we live in an open door, our glass house, if you will. Everybody in the community, if they see you, they know you, hopefully. God forbid you get do something wrong and it happens to be, let's just take a, a DUI, for goodness sake. Now, what would that do? I mean, all the stuff that you tried to do good for reputation is in one swoop is gone. And, and people are funny. They do look at that stuff. And they remember. <laughs> yeah. And I hated the uh, texting that we do now with the, with the on the phones. And the reason I hate that is that there's really no emotion that you can see. You can't hear you, you, you just don't know really what they're thinking. There's just a bunch of words. And sometimes it comes out very terse. Once you do that, 
you can't take it back. It's it's indelibly in someone's mind. Yeah, I, I do watch what we do and how we do it, and and we have a uh, some clients that my staff said, "Oh my goodness, you're a magnet." They, they're really hands-on, needy, and and then we have some that other people don't like to deal with. I said, I believe that under every, everybody's is a there's a facade, and and if if we can look deep enough and get by that original and find something good about the person, then you really have the opportunity of saying, I want a relationship or not. It's that first, if there's something that comes out at first, some people are funny, they, they just are defensive. Just let them talk and try to get by that. I have asked some people that are told some people, not asked, but told some people that I didn't think that we were for them that they needed, that we don't really can't accomplish what they're looking for. They may need to go somewhere else. It's hard to do yeah, because, you know, you're looking for a new business and so on. But if just one person gets, and, and because you, you didn't have enough gumption to say, I don't think that we're the, the right fit, then it's going to hurt everybody. And, uh, and, and I'm just not looking for that long-term relationship today and beyond. All right. So I'm excited about diving into the other components of this because the relationship is really step one, right? Uh, I mean, that's really almost before step one because step one in your book is is the financial profile section. And I think, Kiri, this is where most people think it begins and ends. But let's talk a little bit about what sort of questions that you ask so that if somebody does want to give you a call, that they're prepared for kind of what you're going to chat about in this first step. The first thing we do is we ask questions. uh, We call it, it's called the DOS worksheet. We ask what are the three biggest dangers you need to be eliminated? What are the three biggest opportunities that you may have? And then what are the three strengths that you feel you have? The first one about the dangers it's really important because uh, certain things are play heavy on people's minds. You know, the simplest would be dying. Well, I can't really help much about that. I mean, I, I just don't know when that's going to happen. But I talk, if you feel that there's an imminent danger of you dying, then we're going to be there for you throughout whatever it is that's you know, going to happen. And there with you and your and the family. And then the other one would be... Uh, fear of running out of money. And that's a huge fear. And again, remember, what's the danger we're going to try to eliminate? With your help, uh, uh, we're going to be structured some strategies that will help you eliminate that fear. And, uh, and then you go on, there's all, all, all other kind of fears. The biggest opportunities, well, that could be uh, anything from a hope for a, a new position with your company, or uh, could even be an inheritance that you've is coming your way because that's an opportunity to do things you may not have been able to do and and of course there's a danger of that is that you can't you can't handle that so you need to have the strategies of what to do to protect that for for your well-being and then of course the strengths some people a lot of people have strengths i mean it's not just their education but their investment promise their what they've done in the past uh, just any number of things that could uh, but it's not my it's not my opportunities, it's not my danger, it's not my strengths, it's theirs. We need to find those out so that you know we tell people we're gonna we're gonna try to strengthen your your weaknesses and we're gonna try to reinforce your strengths. That's the best part of that. Now step number two 
-hmm. is taking this information and start developing this lifetime vision. Now, Carrie, this is step number two. This seems like a humongous amount of work and detail. How long does this take? Dive into this for us so that we can understand this step number two. Sometimes it doesn't take very long because people people are relatively simple in what they're trying to accomplish. One of the questions we would ask here is that, Matt, if we were sitting here together three years from today, what has to have happened in your life to make you feel happy with your progress, both professionally and and business-wise? We need to ask that question because even though you're thinking in the future, long in the future, really changes might take three years before you can get everything in place. We need to find out what that is. And then with that, We'll start diving deeper in and questioning and so on. And it's interesting if there's a couple, we ask them to do that independently of each other. And boy, oh boy, do you get some some different answers. And ultimately, they both want the same thing. But how they get there is different. I've heard from many advisors, Carrie, that your part, financial strategist, financial planner, marriage counselor. Yeah. Oh, my (laughs) God. It's really interesting. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, one comes to mind. This couple, uh, we, live, we live on the ocean, and, and, you know, near the ocean, and this couple lived on the ocean, and uh, they were running into some uh, financial issues. The husband was retired, the woman, uh, the wife retired, and he was doing some part-time work, though. And here, I said, I'm going to tell you, for what I see, this is really hard. This was a hard one. I said, you can't afford to live where you live. They're, they're right, you're right on the ocean, big house, and very little coming in. And I said, I, I, I hate to say that. I said, I, what I'm, what I'm going to recommend that you do is to put your house on the market. You're going to take, you're going to sell it for a million or more in dollars. And then there's great subdivisions near about half the price, pay cash for it. And then you have another half a million or so in the bank or, or to invest to help you. And boy, this, this lady, she turned on her husband and she started yelling at him right here in my office. You promised me this. Is, if I'd never known that, I, I probably would have avoided the question. However, they had another planner about 50, 30 or 40 miles away. And I said, why would you want to come to me? We don't think that it's doing what we needed to be done. I said, from what I see, he's not doing too badly. And maybe I'll stick with him. I hate somebody's feelings and getting that emotional here in, in my office, especially when you had no you know, no idea that it was, it was coming. I, I learned something there. <laughs> I learned that there's more questions that should have been asked to find out a little bit more before, before I came up with any kind of a statement or recommendation we're not trying to teach old dogs new tricks but but we learn from every every interview every every time we meet with somebody you learn a little more now step number three you title it in the book as a financial strategies workshop first off why do you call it a workshop and then secondly what is this meeting about or this step on this meeting we evaluate the, the, what what's the the resources that are available what they have and when i said call it a workshop simply because we do this together. It, it's a client's money. It's not my money. 
and they have to have an understanding, a clear understanding, of all transparency as to what's available. In fact, I had one yesterday. A lady came in and she says, I don't want to talk about, uh, in this case, annuities. I don't even want to hear about that. I don't, I don't, I don't like insurance companies. I said, okay, I'm not trying to sell you annuities or anything else, but I said to tell you something. If you want to work with me, you need to have all of the options and, and be able to evaluate, understand before you make a decision. And you can, you know, I said, now, what is your dislike about this? And, and she started to say, I said, tell me what she disliked. Those are annuities that your mother and dad would have bought. They're not the things that are available today. What I'm saying is that if you're going to make a rational decision, you better know what rationale you're dealing with. She didn't, uh, and I wasn't trying to sell it. It's, we went into a, a managed program, and that's okay. But it just illustrated that fact that people hear and see and make opinions without going to a professional and getting that, you know, getting the transparency of what really is available. So the workshop is, is that we go over these things, and they get involved. Now, I'm not trying to train them to come into my business, but I do believe that it's your, if it's your money, you need to have a clear understanding of what's available. And we work together to put it together. And that's really, honestly, I'm so glad that you brought that up, Carrie, because that, that's what this podcast is about. A, a lot of times there's a lot of misinformation out there or, or antiquated information, old information that isn't applicable today. And it's nice that there are people like you, not only educating our audience, but educating your clients about what the realities of some of these things are, because they might not have all of the tools or all the information that they need. Absolutely. A client of mine yesterday called, she's uh, a widow. She and her husband class for many, many years. And she called and said, I heard this on the radio from so-and-so, and I read it, and I, and I think I need to cash in everything and do something else. And, I, and frankly, I don't usually get irritated, but this irritated me a little bit because my staff and I have been you know, holding her hand for many, many years. And I said, here's the deal. I think you should cash in everything. And then try to figure out how that person that you listen to can help you. And, and oh, by the way, can you visit with him or her in their office and let them hold your hand? No, they're in the radio. They're on the radio. They're on the TV. I mean, what they're doing is they're selling reports. So here's the deal. If you don't want somebody to sit down with, then you need to go with them. If you do, then here's the deal. You have one financial advisor, that's me, and that's where it should be. And so stop listening and get worked up about all this stuff that I mean, you don't don't you think as an advisor, Matt, that I would have looked at all the things available before I give you an idea as to where we put your money? Of course. We all know where it's all what's out there. Those those radio and TV <laughs> people, their whole idea and the the motivation is to get people riled up so they continue to watch and listen, right? And oh yeah, very sure. different relationship with people because you're right. I, I like how you said that. Can that person help hold your hand? Can that person be there to answer your questions? Can you call that person? The answer to all of those is absolutely not. Now the next step here is the financial action plan. Where where do we go from a, after we've done the workshop and you guys workshop these ideas talk about step four please what's called a living document and that, and that uh, any financial plan we come up with some ideas some strategies and, and put it down on 
uh, on paper so that uh, you can understand the working parts of it. And then we look at look. We can't look in the future as far as estimating, but we can look in past past performance and see whether or not the strategies would have worked based on assuming that the market would, or whatever continues to do the same thing. So there, all these are just basically estimates if you if you look at that. We, we create this document so that the client has something to take a look at, they can talk about, they can, they can see it actually in working. So, and uh, work in progress. It's a living document. It can be changed. We can add to, we can take away. And it gives us a chance to, as time goes on, when we do meet, we can measure our effectiveness. And if something's not working, then we can make, make adjustments at that time. I have heard, and correct me if I think you're going to realize that what I've heard is not correct. You know, when people get something in writing like this, Carrie, that it seems to almost be like testament, right? And you said something there that I wanted to highlight, which is the fact that this is a living document. How do you help change people's perspective on that, that know what is here is not set in stone because life happens? Can you give us an example of that? Well, right from the get-go, which I failed to mention, we talk about life visions. We don't talk about life goals. I, I don't like the word goal for in this respect because I think if you've ever had a goal and you have and, and, and you've missed making that goal, how do you feel? Well, how do you feel? You feel really depressed. You say, what did I do? I'm a failure. I'm whatever, whatever badge you can come up with, that's who you are. If you're playing football and, and the coach said, oh, yeah, we're going to rob, rob, we're going to win every game and you lose the first one. Now, as a player, you know, we, we talk about vision. Vision is something that is, this is what I see me doing or having based on everything that's happening correctly today. But then again, remember, we talk about life changes earlier. Well, that changes your, your, your vision is going to change. I like in this in a way, in the book, is that if we're standing here on the beach looking east, since we're on the east coast, what's the furthest thing when you look out into the ocean? And people sometimes say someone surfing, someone a boat, or this, that, the other. But the answer is, I see the furthest thing is the horizon. If we're on the beach, that's the reality. That's who you are, where you are today. The horizon is your vision of where you want to be. And if you get in a boat and move 10 miles out, the horizon moves 10 miles out. The only time you get that change is if you travel all the way across the Atlantic Ocean and you see another beach. Between where you are today, the beach, and the horizon is a gap. My job as your advisor is to help you manage that gap. And when something happens, whether it be the birth of a child, a, a, a new home, a new job, a death, then that's something that falls in that gap that we got to deal with. And that's my job, to help you deal with that. And if it means changing your vision, so be it. Okay, that's just you know, that's life. If there's one thing I want everybody to take away from this, besides the six steps and all of the wisdom that carries sharing there is, is changing the vision is, is just part of life, right? Yeah. Uh, life happens. And so therefore you need to be flexible. Yeah. Now, step number five here, Carrie, is the critical financial path workshop. Why did you, why is it critical? Help me with this. 
I call it critical because if, if we have this mapping program of that, what we're trying to do is kind of on the left of the page, and then we have little lines and, and little stars or dots or things that where this needs to happen at this time, and then then that needs to happen there. And then at the end of the path, which is the vision, is how you how you've gotten to that or how you're going to get to that. Well, on each one of those things, it's critical that we get by those successfully. Sometimes we get a roadblock, and that's where we have to change the vision. So we either have to jump over that hurdle, go around it, or go under it, or eliminate it. And that's, that's, it could, so that's what the critical part is getting by that. The final step here is strategy and action sessions. And I think you alluded to this a little bit, but I'd like to talk about you, you talked about the frequency where you're going to be reaching out to people at least four times a year. Sometimes they meet with you, whether that's in person, over the phone or whatever, Zoom, like we've been doing for a while now. What does that ongoing relationship continue to look like and what can people expect in this final step six? We put the, uh, the action in together and we take the action. Then as people come in, whether again, quarterly, we'll have the results of what we've done. We'll have them on, on the paperwork so that they can, they can actually see it rather than just hear it. And then if there's anything that needs to be done at that time, we'll make the changes at that time. But but it's relatively easy to, to follow along since we have uh, all of the computer programs now that sometimes you just click and all of a sudden the new data comes in. Uh, it's a really interesting it's, uh, life right now. I remember back in the day, we had to, took hours to collect data. Now we have these computer companies that all of our investment companies download daily, and you push a button and it updates their financial plan like like magic. So we see we can see at any given moment where they are and how they're they're relating the investments are relating to what their objectives are. It's these these are the things that we go over when they come in. Now to wrap up today's show. Is there something I should have asked you about this? Did I did I miss something? What else do you want listeners to to well, understand about you? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. We have the six steps. Now, some of these can be done uh, in the same interview, so you don't have to come in six times before any action is done. It just depends on how complicated someone's issues may be. And then again, I don't think that people should rush into something. Even we're not I'm not a salesman. Okay, I'm a deliverer of options. We put all this together. Here's what's available. Here's one one thing over another. Think about it, talk about it, and then we'll get back together. I, I think that you need to make that offer to the to your clients or for your prospects. Sometimes there are people ready to do something and they, and they feel comfortable enough to, to move ahead quicker. But you don't necessarily have to sit down six times to get all this stuff. Some of this is done behind scenes and then we present it as well as you Now, Carrie, if somebody wants a copy of the book or if somebody wants to set an appointment with you, what, what is the best way for people to reach out to you? They could uh, call our office, of course. We have the email and then we have Facebook. All those ways they can get one of our assistants to call back and, and make the appointment. 
Most appointments are done with me, which unless I'm actually there would be, unless they're asking for one of our other advisors. Uh, I, I guess the phone call is the best, uh, uh, the easiest, you know, so that they know get somebody on the phone. And you'd hate to have somebody send an email, request an appointment, and for some reason it's overlooked. Call a little old-fashioned. I want somebody to answer my phone. <laughs> I don't want the computer saying, dial this for this department and so on, whatever. <laughs> Well, we will make sure, Carrie, that we have all of the links to those in the show notes so that we'll absolutely get that taken care of. So, hey, I want to thank you very much for talking about Lifetime Financial Strategies, your book, uh, 21st Century Financial Planning Process. I want to thank you for your 51 years of service. That's absolutely phenomenal. And I also want to thank you for doing something that is truly unique and different, which is to truly listen to the client and be there for them throughout their entire life journey. Thank you. If you've not subscribed to the podcast, make sure you click that subscribe now button below. That way, time every time we come out with a new podcast, it'll show up on your listening device. And finally, if you know somebody who really should listen to this, who wants to have a different sort of relationship with a financial planner, a real life planner, please make sure that you share this podcast. Super easy. All you have to do is click the share button below. So for everybody here at Simply Advised and Carrie, we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Thank you for listening to the Simply Advise podcast. Click on the link to subscribe to our podcast and learn more about how we can help you become more confident and informed about your financial choices. Cowan Financial Group is located at 3275 U.S. Highway 1 South, St. Augustine, Florida, 32086. Telephone number is 904-824-8147. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Next Financial Group, Inc., NEXT, member FINRA SIPC. Cowan Financial Group is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group, Inc. This material is not intended as an offer or solicitation for purchase or sale of security or other financial instrument. Past performance does not guarantee future performance. All the views expressed are those of Kerry Cowan and Cowan Financial Group and not those of Next Financial Group, Inc. Next Financial Group, does not provide tax or legal advice.